It's the same old story. It's been a long day at the job, or maybe it's just starting to feel long, and you feel that urge to stretch your legs and get a little bit of a break. You walk down the street, or maybe you get behind the wheel of your car, and you feel the weight begin to lift. You walk through the doors, and the sound of the place starts to clear the air. You get a table, you order your drink, you listen to the sounds of the bar, and soak in the conversation. Welcome to the TNE Speakeasy, with your hosts, Eric, Isaac, and Caleb. Listen in as they discuss a variety of topics, such as the 2023 Oscar lineup, biopics, and First Man. I still, like, give so much credit to, like, the other work that is up on screen that was put into it. You know, I still very much, and, like, that that goes a long way for me. By this, by the way, this list of the Oscars here, as much as I did really like the Fablemans and as much as I did really like um, Everywhere, Everything, All at Once, or <laughs> Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, I always mix those up, um, I, I think that the top of the list should be all quite on the western front that one should win that was i think easily the strongest of this this list i think it's top three what would you pick as the uh what, what would you i really um I... <laughs> is it avatar <laughs> i have to look at it probably is i have to look at the whole... it's been oh a couple of weeks since i've thought about it um uh, i'm telling you man i i can list them for you if, if isaac if you want to hear them too like, go ahead and say them, but I need to look at the list like visually in my head. Go ahead or say them for his benefit. Yeah, it's it's all all quiet on the Western Front. Top Gun Maverick, Women Talking, Everything Ever All at Once, The Banshees of Inishirin, which I still haven't seen. I got to see that one. Triangle of Sadness, The Fablemans, Avatar: The Way of Water, Elvis, and Tar. Another one I haven't seen. It's just those two. So I can't judge for Tar or Banshees. I I'm not sure about those ones, but I'm surprised Triangle of Sadness made this list too. That's another one that's yeah, that's that's a flawed movie. It's not bad, but Best Picture nominee. That's that's interesting for that. Is there any? Okay, don't spoil anything with that movie. I'm interested by it, but is there anything about it that relates it to like the menu, other than to say it's a dark comedy? Yes, they're both satires about the rich. Okay, okay. Yeah, and, and about working class dynamics versus, yeah, these people are so disconnected from the rest of the world. The other reason I noticed Triangle of Sadness is because they got fast-tracked on, like, Criterion um, for 4K. Like, they announced it, like, way early on. Um, the only problem is the Criterion isn't coming out till I think, March or April something, like, after the award ceremony, so that's annoying, because I would mm. like to watch it ahead of time, but, I mean... So I'm not I'm not watching it on digital or anything. Well, I don't know. I don't know if I should get the Criterion or not. But it just stood out to me that it got fast-tracked for that. Um, okay, so I haven't seen Triangle. I haven't seen Fablemans. And I haven't seen Women Talking. But of the remainder movies, me personally, like, 
I would like to see Maverick or Avatar or Tar win. Like those are my those would be my personal choices. Um, I would not be offended if All Quiet on the Western Front won. Um, I think Elvis should be at the bottom. I mean, like, like I'm glad it got nominated, but no fucking way should it win. Like, no hell no. I think it's crazy it got nominated. Really, that that made the list? Was it like a mandatory? They had to have this many or no 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 they they get to choose whatever they want between like five and ten or that's their rules and i was very surprised that they made well i think i know why they made it a 10 movie year i didn't think there was 10 good enough movies this year but i think they did it to get in more popular choices um like avatar to at least have them represented well the maverick avatar um even to an extent everywhere Based upon based upon me reading people's posts everywhere, the, the, by far the two favorites are Everything Everywhere and the Banshees of Inishirin. I don't know why everywhere I go, people fucking love those two movies, like, insanely. I like everywhere, Everything Everywhere, but I think it's way overhyped. Um, Banshees of Inishirin is kind of interesting. I'd put it mid-tier of the ones I've seen. I kind of get why people are putting it on this altar, but I think they're going a bit a bit far with that. I don't know. I need to investigate that, why people are so damn passionate about that movie. Um, but I've already said, like, Tar to me is, like, really, really interesting. And to me, it's almost... Even though it has the very... What would you call it? Like, like even though Kate Blanchett is sort of, like, Oscar bait... Mm-hmm. The actual movie itself, the actual content of it, like the story and everything, I think it is such a dark horse. I'm really surprised that it, I'm more surprised they got nominated than Elvis, um, because it doesn't seem like the kind of thing that Oscar would want to let in. <laughs> so I'm really curious about that movie. That that movie completely came out of left when i when i started watching and started to realize what it was about i I was pretty shocked like i told you i think it's the beginning of the the turning of the of the 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 era we're in um politically in movies um well it was the popular stuff like maverick that was the beginning of the turning but tar is a much more serious movie um much more about like its message and it obviously isn't like flag waving like like Maverick. Tar is like getting into some stuff. It's to me, it's kind of brave and kind of bold in our current climate. Um, so I'm just amazed by that movie. Yeah, and I'll, I'll admit I'm surprised that, or I'm I'm not necessarily surprised that Top Gun made it, just because I think there's uh, in honoring of the past, and the Academy Awards loves to do that too. And, you know, Val Kilmer being in there, I'm sure hit a lot of them emotionally, too. So that it doesn't surprise me that got nominated, but that's another one that I'm like... Mm, I'm glad it got nominated. really best picture material? I mean, that's... I don't think it's going to win, but based on my metric, it is very deserving of a win. Um, and Tar... I need to watch the other two movies by that director. Um, and, and I'm biased towards Tar because once I read that that director was an acolyte of um, Kubrick... Well, that's all I gotta know. Um, I had no idea that that person, the director, was who they were, and that 
and that they were like um, mentored by him at the end of his life. And it kind of makes sense. I get like the guy only has three movies, and his first two movies were in the early aughts. And for someone who doesn't have many movies under his belt, I'm amazed at like the style and authorship and almost some Kubrick Kubrickiness visually. It's pretty amazing. Hmm. Um, yeah, Fableman seems like a, a popular choice when I'm reading popular media. Um, for some people, seem to really like that one. I mean, I want to watch it, but I'm curious. That is right down the line at a perfect Oscar choice. It just seems like the type of movie that they would all love. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if that won. But All Quiet, I think, is the all-around, the, the complete package of a just excellent piece of filmmaking. I think it's a good movie. Um, but I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. it. So, like, I'm pretty sure it's a German production, right? Yeah. Like, Germany seems, from, based upon the series I've seen that are German-produced on Netflix, they seem to have an eye for film the way, like, South Koreans do. Like, like they have their own style. I can't really explain it, but it's it's very accomplished. It's very good um, in both countries. But the thing is, like, like the, the this good German stuff I've seen was, like, made for television. And... All Quiet on the Western Front looks just like those TV productions. So to me, it looks like par for the course for German TV. Like, like I don't see a noticeable upgrade as far as... You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't seem like a motion picture. It just seems like, yeah, this is what the Germans do, like, when they're TV shows. But I need to, like, see more than that. I'm, visually, I mean. Um, so, so to me, All Quiet on the Western Front just looks like a well-produced German television program. Um, and that like, that like knocks it in my mind. Even though I, I think it's really good, just that just like causes a bias in my mind because I expect it from the Germans now because they've already set the bar that high with other things. That's I guess what I'm trying to say. And like story wise, I like it better than 1917, but visually and experience wise, I liked 1917 more than. All Quiet on the Western Front. Yeah, I didn't see that one. It's <laughs> 1917. You know, the, like the movie Gravity. Yeah. 1917 is the Gravity version of All Quiet on the Western Front. <laughs> it's kind of like an all-out, like big-budget theme park ride of a movie. Hmm. But it's goddamn cinematography by um, what's his name? The best guy ever. Roger Deakins, exactly, and I can you can really tell um, that that it's his work, and it's a major bonus points for that. Yeah, I don't know. I thought All Quiet in the Western Front. I mean, the in terms of the emotional impact of the story, I thought that journey was really well executed. I agree. I think a lot of the war stuff was was really gripping, and the scene when the tanks come in. I, I don't know if spoilers for Isaac. I don't even know if he's still there, but. <laughs> But that stuff I thought was just just excellent, just hit exactly right for me. So I, I don't know. I, I I think that there was a lot of great movies this year, but I don't know. For the the Oscar feel is just kind of I don't know. It just seems a little odd. Um, I'm still mad. Northman didn't get nominated. 
And there's another movie, I can't think what it is, that I was upset they didn't get nominated. Oh, The Menu, obviously. The Menu. I kind of wish The Menu got nominated. I'm not saying it should win. I just thought it was worthy of a nomination. And I think The Northman was also worthy of a nomination. Don't think it should have won or should have went, but I, th- I think it was nomination worthy. Huh, well. Well, I'm curious before you go, because uh, I, I don't know if it was just bad timing, but I, I feel like, compared to some of the stuff in this list, especially like Elvis, I mean, maybe the Batman should have uh, filled in either that or Avatar's place. I feel like that was a better movie, <laughs> filmmaking-wise, story-wise, more impactful. I wouldn't be upset if it got a nomination, but I definitely wouldn't swap it out with Avatar, because everyone knows what I think about that movie. Um... <laughs> What do you think about that, Isaac, since you've seen both those ones? Do you have any opinion? Great. So I only am the guy who doesn't... Well, you know, I don't have time to see all these big Oscar or Best Picture movies, but I can at least appreciate them. I think the um, the Irish film with the, the Isle of uh, Banshees, I think that'll win Best Picture, most likely. But... And then a bunch of people will complain that it's like a white film one. That'll... that'll be funny but i think i don't know like if avatar wins a lot of mcu fans will be very upset and angry if maverick wins again a lot of mcu fans will be like you guys didn't nominate black panther wakanda forever or black panther before for best picture why didn't you do that how dare you you're the academy is racist blah 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 yeah yeah um and i think the same thing with the batman I, I, I just don't think that... I don't know. I don't know if it actually deserves best, best Picture or not. I think... I personally am kind of uh, a bit miffed that... Maybe not. Okay. Not, not fully. But I, I kind of wish that um, The Whale was in there. I think it definitely, like, at least deserves something. I really hope... I still hope Brendan Fraser wins, like, Best Actor. Best Male Actor, sorry. I'm really I'm really hoping for that. But I don't, I don't think that... Man, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if the Batman actually is. I think its sequel. I think its sequel has the potential to win Best Picture, just like The Dark Knight. Funny enough, but I don't, I don't know if this one uh, should be on the list or not for Best Picture, personally. I just had an experience, kind of like in Forrest Gump, where he's about to give that, he's about to speak on mic in the in the in Washington D.C. and then someone pulls the the mic cords because my internet dropped for a second, so I heard like. Isaac, well, I think, oh. and it was just nothingness, and then it was just. So I don't know if the Batman should should. should and that was it. I, was, I missed like I wanted to hear the whole thing. <laughs> I, I missed it all. I just heard you'll, the bookends. Uh, you'll have to listen to this in like six months' time when it releases. Oh no! It's after <laughs> Oscar season. I missed the whole thing. But I, I was more curious, Isaac. Do you think uh, between the Batman and, and Avatar, not for which one should win? Oh, okay. Which one do you think more deserved the nomination since only one of them got it? Neither. Not I even, agree. <laughs> I, I don't even think Top, Ma- or Top, Top Gun Maverick should be on there. I know it's... I, I've I've praised it as well, but it shouldn't be on there. It's. Um, I think we need a new category. I think we need, like, best... I, isn't there, like, best audience nominated or whatnot? Um, we need, like... A, no, definitely not in the Oscars. <laughs> a, a best non-Oscar movie. How about that? So it's all the crap. It's because Batman's crap. It's like garbage, like best garbage film. There we go. Because like, <laughs> if it's 
uh, if it's disposable media in a way, especially like the MCU films, if it's disposable media, yeah. let's let's <laughs> give it like you know. Um, and since the Academy doesn't treat these films as films and just garbage, let's give make a category out of it. Why not? Um, probably not because it would just cost more money to like make. Oh wait, no, it's all like uh, it, it costs more money to make these statues of the of the Oscars. No, wait, never mind. They just it's just cheap labor somewhere and like Oscars and whatnot. No, even though I think it's a better movie than the other movie I'm about to mention, the Batman. Even though I think it's better than the other movie, if it did get nominated, I would have feelings similar to how I felt about um, Black Panther getting nominated for Best Picture, if the Batman did as well, because I like the Batman more than Black Panther, but it's it, yeah, I'm not that keen on that movie either myself. I mean, I, I don't, and there's not much I dislike about it either. I just don't think it's that great. Um. That's just me, and I'm I'm no Batman aficionado or expert or anything like that. It just it didn't. It's not it's not that for me. Like I'd I'd much rather watch the reviled um, Batman Rises any day over the Batman if those are my only two choices. Oh wow! It's not that it's not that reviled anymore. I I think I guess it is actually. Dark Knight Rises. I think people are I think people are coming around, but it's always gotten like such a bad rap. Um, out of that trilogy. It is easily the weakest one. Well, I wouldn't say easily. Because over time, like, Batman Begins isn't as good as I thought it was. But maybe I need to watch that more, too. Um, don't get me wrong. I like all of them. But I'm just saying for, for parsing. Um, no, I don't know, man. I don't know. Again, I, I can't dismiss, like, the technical achievements in, in Maverick. And in Avatar, and they're both totally different achievements, but I, I can't. I would say that I can't shrink how much impact that makes for me. I mean, I think the Batman had a lot of great technical work too, a lot of really excellent sequences, and just a great overall vibe performances. I think all that stuff was really. I I'm not saying I would vote for it as best picture or even nominate it, but against those two and Elvis. Really, the one that shocks me is. Uh, I guess maybe it shouldn't shock me, but that Babylon didn't make the cut. I mean, Babylon versus Elvis, Babylon versus uh, either of those ones. I mean, oh, I'm not shocked at all. I mean, especially considering that Academy members have weird tastes going in. Um, I can't see them. I can't see them appreciating that movie the way certain people I know really appreciate. It. You're one of them. Some girl I follow on on a letterbox is completely obsessed with that movie. Yeah, it was fantastic. And you guys have you, huh? Oh, I said yeah, it was fantastic. I, yeah. You guys have convinced me it's better than I initially thought it was. Um, but that movie is a tough pill to swallow. I mean, in terms of just digesting, it is a tough movie to really take in and really like break down in your mind in my opinion and i don't see academy members having that kind of patience and like i said it's it's one of those movies I, I i i've seen less than 10 movies in my life i think where people actively got up and got out of that movie and that was babylon, babylon was one of those movies and i didn't blame the people by the way <laughs> i did not blame the people who i could tell like they had enough 
Like, they were like, I'm fucking, like, I just wanted to have a nice date night with my significant other. <laughs> and they were like, what the fuck is this? Hey, they're probably the conservatives that the movie was bashing. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I, yeah, I mean, odds are they probably were conservatives just because of where we were located and everything. I mean, like, the location of the theater. But um, also, I imagine some of those people were like, oh, I just want to, you know, get cozy and have, like, another La La Land experience. And they were just like, what the fuck is this? I imagine that went through a lot of people's minds. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and I'll just say, uh, with with all my TCM watching lately, I've been watching a ton of movies from the the mid-50s and the, the 40s. And, oh, man, like the conservative just snipping of any sort of skin off those movies like it's it's extremely apparent there was a great run wait what do you mean snipping skin off movie? do you mean like literally like visual skin or what do you mean oh, i'm well yeah visual yeah literal skin in terms of any sort of uh flesh that's what i'm looking for yeah but what did you but just um in in terms of taking away like the teeth making them so just spineless it was just it's such a shame. A couple of really great movies that I watched that were really diving deep into some really interesting stuff. They have to throw in that classic Hollywood ending where they just snip away any sort of controversy or any sort of thing that would have make you have to think as you leave the theater. You just wrap it up in some stupid bow and it's like, wow, you just really soured this film. <laughs> I definitely recommend Bigger Than Life if you haven't seen it yet. Bigger Than Life, what's that? Um, I think it came out in 55. It has the guy from Lolita, the, the, the skeevy guy from Lolita. Mm. Um, famous actor. Um, who I always thought was like British, but I think he's American. Um, oh, the, the, the bad guy from North by Northwest. Uh, oh my god. One of the most famous actors of the, of the Golden Age. Um, what's his name? Oh, it's 1956. And I want to say the director, Nicholas Ray, has a bunch of other interesting movies that he did in his career. Hmm. Um, Because Nicholas Ray, I don't know him as... I only know from the research I did when we did this movie. Um, He was always like a little bit of a rebel type of director, like going against the grain of like the mainstream um, mores. James Hmm. Mason. Oh, James Mason, yes. So, yeah... (laughs) so good <laughs> um so he's just a guy he, like he he has like this the stereotypical 1950s american life like beautiful wife i think he has like a great little like seven-year-old son or whatever and they live like the classic 50s american life in the house and whatever um but he's a school teacher and because of reasons like all his bills are mounting up um and he can't afford like to maintain their lifestyle and 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 like in in his 1950s man mindset like this is the worst thing possible because he's supposed to be like the provider so like this guy goes down like he has basically has like a mental breakdown and gets desperate trying to maintain like the like the status quo appearance he's trying to keep up with appearances um basically um and it starts off and it feels like just another 50 1950s movie but it gets like real daring and it it breaks the conventions i think of what you're talking about and that's why i was like holy shit 
how do you come out with a movie like this in 1956? Um, if you read about it, yeah, like, because every, like you were just saying, most movies in the 1950s painted everything in America as, like, kind of rosy. Like, like you almost utopian-like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe this is one of the first movies, like, in the 50s where it wasn't, like, all happily ever after. And that's kind of, like, I guess the director was known for being, like, like I said, he was, like, against the grain and stuff. So, yeah, it's very interesting for a 1956 movie. Yeah, I'll definitely add that to my list. Yeah, it's a criterion as well. Oh, but are you guys, uh, I guess, ready to start this one? Yeah, let me make a drink. Because you brought Batman, I was going to ask about some James Gunn stuff, but I don't want to open that can of worms right now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's a long movie, though. So I have one thing to grind, or one thing on my mind grind? to grind my, my gears over. Oh, great. Yeah. Uh, this was when we were when we were discussing, you know, how crummy some musical biopics are. I just want to vent. This doesn't matter at all. This has nothing to do with anything. There's people literally in, like, two countries far overseas that are still dealing with an earthquake and another dealing with a year-long war. So exactly what I say is quite useless and petty but I'm going to say it anyway I hate the fact, sorry, I strongly dislike and disagree with the idea that Oppenheimer is a historical biopic that is not the case what, what? Like, what Nolan's going to do with that is beyond a biopic he is well, not I, in what sense do you mean? yeah I'm literally looking at TV tropes, like description of it, and they call it like Oppenheimer is a 2023 American historical biopic directed and written by. Right, we don't know. Yeah, I get that. But do we mean because what he's going to put into it is so much more, or because, or because he's not going to be true to life? Like, what do you mean? It's like how are you distinguishing it from a typical biopic? It is an artistic license from a director who I would say doesn't do the. Well, standard thing, I'd say. Even if his films aren't like meaty as Caleb would like them to be, and a lot of other people are, they still have like a style to them. And his style is, I don't think, fits within the descriptions of a biopic. So while he's going to well, obviously be true to life, it's going to be heightened. It's not going to be exactly the same. Like, okay, maybe, because again, biopics. Like, or at least the bad, or the ones that I don't think do the best, or the ones that people don't think do the best, are the ones that do greatest hits. They don't stand on, like, they don't just focus on one thing, they try to focus on the entire lifetime. But I think what Nolan's gonna do with Oppenheimer is that he's gonna focus on this one thing. The big thing itself. Not the greatest hits. So, I don't want it to, even though maybe I'm just like shooting myself in the foot here when I say this, but I, I don't want people to think that this is going to be a standard biopic. Like it's much more than that. I almost thought you had like an early like screener copy or something. It's <laughs> like uh, whoa, no, of course a, not. A biopic is basically just like a, a genre. I mean, or a, a category. Yeah, just a stupid catch-all name, a category, I guess. So, but I don't want it to be in that category. It shouldn't. It shouldn't. Just, it's like the whole superhero genre. Like the Batman is not like any other MCU film, and it's or it's not even like any <laughs> superhero film. Excuse me. Obviously, it's different. I'm saying, but like the MCU has made like a standardized version, a generalized version of what the superhero film is. 
uh, in this day and age, excuse me. The Batman certainly sets itself apart, so I hope that people won't put Oppenheimer as, oh, it's just like I want to dance with somebody or Elvis, or it should be a little more in line with Elvis, I guess, just in that artistic license idea and it being through a director who has a style to themselves. Yeah. Well, I I'm obviously... Go ahead. I feel like I gotta jump to the defense of biopics. <laughs> Why? Because they're, I mean, you can't, it'd be like writing off all of, uh, I don't know, like satires because there's a whole bunch of shitty satires. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't think that's I what mean. Isaac's saying. No, 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 no. I, no, think no. He's, I think he's just saying it should stand apart from the, the established genre, I think is what he's saying. I was saying, thank you, Eric. Uh, actually, what I was trying to say is that there's the generic, the, the biopics that don't do it. And then people assume, oh, these, okay, these are all lumped in the same category. They just do greatest hits. Obviously, the good biopics don't do that. Okay, that's what I'm trying to say. Obviously, the good biopics that you're thinking of. I understand what you're saying. Caleb, what you're, what you're saying, like, the good biopics you're thinking of are probably the ones that we're, we're also, like, on the same uh, resonance here. Like, we're, we're on the same page with that. I'm just saying the generic ones that people lump in there, Oppenheimer is not that. Yeah, it might be more in, like, the... The category like Spencer from last year, like a really artistic movie focused on a very specific part of someone's life. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Yeah. I'm definitely very curious to see how Oppenheimer turns out since it is like, yeah, you know, based on it. I mean, based on a particular person, like a biopic, as we said, I'm very curious because I get what happened with Dunkirk, which was obviously based on true events. And I, I get how Nolan put his, his, his spin on that, but I'm very curious about this Oppenheimer thing much more than. Than, De- than Dunkirk, and a, yeah, not a oh, super. I... Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I was gonna say when I went to go see Women Talking last night, I finally saw a full trailer for Oppenheimer, which was interesting. It wasn't a great trailer. It was one of those trailers that's just like snippets of a vague. whole bunch of things. Yeah, very vague. Yes, the the two trailers I've seen are both kind of like that. What you're saying? Yeah, but it was still it still got me excited. Cause I'm like, oh, it's coming. Even if this trailer didn't get me pumped. Oh. It just has to say no. I enjoy the vagueness. I embrace the vagueness of it. <laughs> I just want him to say the line. Like I, I, even though it might be infamous, I just want him to say the line. What's the infamous line? I have become death destroyer of worlds. Oh, okay. I can't wait for Cillian Murphy to say oh. that. Like that's, I'm so excited for him to say that. Let me get that tattooed on my forehead. Pretty much. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Which may be racist in India, but I have no. no idea. But the biopic that I feel like never gets its due and is so extremely well done and like stands apart from the genre and I can't believe was was not nominated for Best Picture in 2018 um, was First Man. I, I think that movie is so incredible and almost no one I know has seen it. And it just blows me away. I just think it's such an incredible movie. Um, and Damien Chazelle just focuses on... Uh, um, what's his name? Um, oh, my God. Buzz Aldrin? No, it's not Buzz. I mean, he's in the movie, but it focuses on uh, Armstrong. Oh, yes, yes. Neil Armstrong. Focuses on... Neil Armstrong. And I never would have thought Neil Armstrong individually could be so interesting as a person. And I think Ryan Gosling like just plays the character so per- it's 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 made for Ryan Gosling because uh, um, I guess if if I assume the movie is being true to life, uh, Neil Armstrong 
his demeanor is very much like um, Gosling's character in Blade Runner 2049. Like, that is his demeanor, I guess, in real... He's just that kind of guy who's almost robotic in real life. And it's just perfect. It's perfect. I mean, Ryan Gosling's perfect. Well, playing that kind of mechanical type of person. Um, and, oh, I just think it was amazing. Because my short take on that movie is just like... Like, it seems like it was one in a million that we pulled off a successful moon landing and return in 1969. When you watch that movie, like, it just... How is this fucking possible? Because that movie really shows you, like, the technology. And and the technology, the way it's depicted up close, it almost looks like steampunk. Like, it's like, what the fuck? Like, how the fuck do you get to the moon on, like, a steampunk vehicle? (laughs) That's fucking insane. And, like, there's there's so many ways things could have gone wrong. And, like, you know, like a million things. It, it just it just boggles the mind. It completely boggles the mind. It's such an amazing movie. I loved it. I loved it. I think that's what helps with uh, so many people who refuse to believe it. All the moon landing conspiracy people. Like, it's impossible. It could never happen. Stanley Kubrick, he showed up and he pulled out the special effects. <laughs> Every video that I see that that tries to um, debunk that conspiracy theory, uh, the expert says that that it would have been so impossible and difficult to to uh, recreate that stuff like on a soundstage or whatever that it just would have been so much easier just to fly to the moon than to pull off like the visual effects, like because they because they talk about the dust. And how it appears, and like, there's just no way you could have done that with practice. Like, it would have been so much easier just to literally fly to the moon than to actually try to recreate that stuff on a soundstage. <laughs> I don't know if I fully buy that, but but I guess we should start this. Well, moment. because of the physics involved with some of the stuff, because you know, because like I don't know the way the the sand moves and this and that. Like, you know what you'd have to do to recreate that? Like, you know, it's just insane. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, now I wish we were watching uh, Transformers 3 again. Why? The perfect conversation before that. <laughs> I suppose. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, 